welcome to the Beware of the Stampede podcast. I'm your announcer for today, Jeremy Grethel, and let's get ready for kickoff. Hello once again, Bills Mafia, and thank you for joining me, Jeremy Grethel, from Beware the Stampede on this fifth episode of our podcast, Twas the Night Before the Patriots game. First of all, thanks for joining me again. We took a little break here as we were on vacation, had some time away with the family, so now that I'm back, getting in the swing of things here, so thanks for joining me yet again. And you can follow Beware the Stampede at bewarethestampede.com at our website, or on Twitter at BWRTheStampede. You can also follow Joe from Believer's Talk, who we've partnered with this year, at Believer's Talk on Twitter, and you can subscribe to his YouTube channel, at Believer's Talk on YouTube. So, the Patriots game. Huge game. It's 2 a.m. right now, Saturday morning. I can't sleep. I don't sleep much anyway, quite frankly. Was trying to figure out if I was going to put out an episode before the Patriots game or not. Obviously, it's kind of the last minute, since it's literally 2 a.m. on game day, but that's okay. It's okay. There's always time for good content, right? And I wanted to share something that I wrote with you guys. I was getting the kids' Christmas books out to, you know, get the stories out to read to them as we're upon the holiday season. I was thinking about Twas the Night Before Christmas. And I thought, hmm, Twas the Night Before the Patriots game. So, kind of reworded some stuff. And now I'm going to share a little poem with you guys, and hopefully you'll enjoy this. Twas the night before the Patriots game, when all through the stadium, not a player was stirring, not even in the atrium. The pads were all hung by the lockers with care in the hopes that Josh Allen soon would be there. The defense was nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sacks danced in their heads. And Coach with his headset and Dayball in a cap had just down the playbooks for a long winter's nap. When out on the field there arose such a clatter, Gore sprang from the tunnel to see what was the matter. Away to the field tray flew like a flash, tore open the Pats' offense when he nabbed a bad pass. When what to my wandering eyes did appear, but John Brown darting for the end zone like a tiny reindeer. With Singletary cutting so lively and so quick, I knew in a moment that this must be it. More rapid than Beasley, no one could stop his game. And Allen whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Poyer, now Hyde, now Oliver and Alexander. On Milano, on Knox, on Dawkins and Hughes. To the top of the press box, to the top of the wall. We'll beat them down, beat them, we'll beat them all. So onto the field, the players, they flew. With so much intensity, and the Bills Mafia behind them too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the mic that the Pats got caught cheating again. What a terrible sight. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down went Brady as Phillips came with a bound. He was dressed in his white uni from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with bloodstains and gook. A bundle of energy as he flung Brady down on his back, and he looked down and smiled at him as he took a step back. His eyes how they twinkled, they looked so merry. His arms were like pipes, he looked so scary. His smile was drawn up like a bow, and the fear in Brady's eyes looked as white as the snow. Brady's mouthpiece came out with one of his teeth, and he was wrapped up and sacked again like a bow on a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he was sacked like a bowlful of jelly. He was scared and terrified and wanted to hide behind a shelf. Edmonds laughed when he saw him in spite of himself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head gave the Patriots a reason they had lots to dread. Lawson spoke not a word but went straight to work, and he hit the D-line hard, and they turned with a jerk. He was hit someone so hard that he broke their nose, and he gave a nod as he hopped up and rose. He sprang to his feet to his team give a whistle, and around the field they flew like down of a thistle. But I heard McDermott exclaim as they drove out of sight, 
We're in the playoffs, and we'll continue to fight. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that poem, but let's talk about the Patriots game now. This year, the Bills have double-digit wins for the first time since 1999, so it's literally taken us 20 years to get back to double-digit wins. As it already stands, we're in the playoffs, as we know. The lowest we can be is a five seed, which is great. We've certainly progressed quite a bit since, well, the past 20 years at this point. However, playing the Patriots, I'm a little nervous. I'm going to be honest. I want to say we win this game. I think we have a good shot. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the line, if if you're a betting person looking at the over-under, I think it's 36, 36 and a half. And honestly, I think we come in in the under on that. I see this as another grind-out game, like a 16-10, 13-10 type game. Brady has never lost a home game against the Bills. He's played in all four quarters, and he's 31-3 and in his career against the Bills. So that's not ideal. But that being said, I'm going to talk about Brady a little bit and why I think we still have a decent chance. The Bills are 5-34 and against the Patriots since 2000. So let's get this ugly stuff out of the way, right? Uh, the last time the Bills won the division was 1995. And what's kind of crazy about that, Josh Allen wasn't even born yet. But that's okay. There's always, always a time, always a chance. Um, since 2001, the Patriots have won the division 16 times, which is just sickening, quite frankly, uh, including the last 10 in a row. However, there's two exceptions to that. In 2002, the Jets won it, and in 2008, the Dolphins won it. Here's the really funny thing, and I didn't even believe this till I went back and, and double-checked this, but the quarterback of both of those teams, and I can't even believe I'm saying this because I remember him and... I just never thought he was that good, was actually Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington was the quarterback for the 2002 Jets and 2008 Dolphins that won the division. Chad Pennington, of all people, blows my mind. I I, I remember watching him play. I swear that guy couldn't throw over a 30-yard pass if his life depended on it. But let's talk about some of the other good stuff that we got going on, okay? We got the negatives out of the way. Let's talk about the positives. The Bills' defense is ranked third. Now, granted, we're behind the Patriots in yards allowed per game at 291.9, and second behind the Pats in points allowed at 15.9. So two great defenses. I still think we have a better defense than the Patriots. Both teams are 7-3 since we had our last meeting, and Buffalo is 6-1 on the road. So if there's a time where we can go into Foxborough right now and have a good shot, I think this is one of the best opportunities we've had in a long time to pull this off. Pats have already lost two games this month, and Brady has been really struggling lately. Um, he's only completing 56% of his passes over the last five games. So, you know, people are talking about him being hurt. Is he kind of, at this point, too old? Should he hang up his pads? Um, you know, maybe he's finally in the decline. And at some point, Father Time is going to catch up with you if you're a pro football player. You can't play forever. No matter how badly you want to, your body isn't going to let you forever. Um, you know, they always say the body ages faster than the mind. When there's days I wake up, I still think I'm, you know, 25. And then I roll out of bed and realize that's not the case. I'm not saying I'm super old. By means I mean, I'm going to be 40 in April, for any of you that want to know. But, uh, yeah, some days you just wake up and you're not feeling the way you want to feel. Uh, Allen has been light years better than he was after the first game. He's thrown uh, 15 touchdowns and only three interceptions since the last game that we played the Patriots at home. Not only that, his touchdown-to-turnover ratio is better than 4-1 to one at 21 touchdowns to five turnovers. That's amazing. That's a crazy statistic. Uh, Singletary didn't even play in the first game because he was injured. And in the first game, Allen only threw for 153 yards and three interceptions, not to mention he was sacked four times for a 31-yard loss. Now, with that being said, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Van Noy and how that's going to go because he absolutely abused our offensive line when we played them the first time at home. 
it's clearly been on a more upward swing with the offensive line in the team in general. You can see that the adjustments have been made and the offensive line's done a lot better protecting Allen, opening holes, and they've performed significantly better than they were before. But that doesn't mean that there's still not an opportunity for possible slip-ups. I don't think there will be. I think they've got a lot of this stuff figured out. So I think a lot of the problems we had in the first game aren't going to be on display like they were. Allen's made a lot better decision-making last 11 games or so. He's really cleaned up his ball security for the most part and not taking, you know, as many sacks, the interceptions. He's making better decisions. The other thing, John Brown actually sits at 1,007 yards, which I think we all know at this point, which is a new career high for him and the best that a receiver has had since 2015 with Sammy Watkins leading that. So this game has a lot of implications, as we know. We have to win this game to have a shot winning the AFC East. We don't win this, it doesn't matter. So we can't finish worse than a five seed. If, by chance, we lose this game, I think you see basically all the starters sit in Week 17 against the Jets or play maybe a few series, maybe a half at most, but I think that's it. I think otherwise then they're going to pretty much all be taken off the field. We win this game, obviously, all hands on deck because then we have to beat the Jets to have a shot. But we also have to then hope that Miami takes care of the Patriots. I know Miami's been playing well. Their quarterback is their leading rusher, good old Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we all know and love. Pretty sure he doesn't even have over 300 yards at this point. I think it's like 270. And he's leading the team in rushing. How bad is that for a team? And especially Miami. I mean, granted, Miami got rid of Drake, so that was probably part of it. But how bad is that when your quarterback, who's Ryan Fitzpatrick, is leading your team in rushing in Week 16, and he only and he has less than 300 yards? That's so bad. It's so bad. I do like Fitz, though. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, he's just one of those guys that somehow can always piece together a, a good enough season to keep himself in the league. And the dude can grow a hell of a beard. Let's be honest. It's pretty pretty intense. So everyone's like, well, Miami probably can't beat the Patriots. They got absolutely destroyed the first time they played the Patriots this season. And yes, that's absolutely true. Of course, let's also remember there was the Miami miracle, which I still watched over and over a couple times this week because I just love seeing that happen. It's fantastic. makes me so happy because I just, I love to watch the Patriots lose. And especially in that type of fashion, like I'm smiling right now. You can probably hear it. It's just fantastic to see. So You know, anything can happen any given Sunday. You don't know what's going to happen. So the other thing is, it's then going to force the Patriots to have to play all their starters, which I can't imagine they're going to really want to, especially Brady if he's hurt. Like, there's a lot of speculation going around that he's really hurt at this point. Certainly the season seems to be wearing on him. As I said, his completion percentage has been in the tank lately. So the last thing you really want is to have to play him any more than you need to. You know, one thing is, if you look at the way the team has been playing and and some of the things going on, and look back to when McDermott started, and now we're going into a second playoff series since McDermott's been here in three years, you know, he said in his initial press conference, I understand the expectations that come with the job, and I accept the challenge. I'm looking to build a culture of winning, and that starts inside these walls and extends to our community. And he's done a great job of that. If you look at the team if you look at the players, if you look at what he said he was setting out to do, he's doing it. He's proving it. I mean, no one's going to sit there and debate that. No one can debate that because it's the second time in three years we're in the playoffs. We have double-digit wins for the first time in 20 years. 
I mean, he's certainly living up to the expectations and doing what he had set out to do. And that's something to really tip your hat to at this point because it's been a long time since we've been able to really be excited, I feel like, as Bills fans. Like, really excited because we've had so many struggles and it's so frustrating when you're in the division with the Patriots that you have to sit there and watch them win year after year after year after year and how irritating it is to not only us, I mean, let's be honest, everyone else in the division. You know, it's even more frustrating when it's only a four-team division and the same team wins it every year. I mean, it just gets old. It gets old, and everyone always wants to see the Patriots fall because you know what, too? The Patriots are cheers. Yet again, they get caught for doing something, and I'm sure they're going to probably get away with it because they always get away with it because Roger Goodell and Robert Kraft and all their little cronies are all BFFs. So I'm sure they're going to get away with it, and I'm sure it's going to be some stupid slap on the wrist BS that always seems to happen, and, oh, yep, we didn't know they were independent contractors. Can't believe they were doing that. You know, it's the same crap. You know, at some point, somebody needs to step in. And I want to hear every team does this. No, every team doesn't do this. Or if every team does this, every other team isn't getting caught doing it. So either you're really bad at doing this, you just don't care, or you just do it because you know you can constantly get away with it because no one does anything. The commissioner's office lets it go, oh, well, you know, we'll just fine you whatever, a couple thousand dollars and call it a day. Moving on. Let's talk about Brandon Bean and some of the things Brandon Bean talked about in the game after the game last week. In the locker room, he said, We're trying to get guys who love playing for their teammates. It's not about me. It's about the we. Smart and dependable guys and tough guys who are resilient. Sometimes, it's not always the guy who's the most athletically talented. We're shooting for guys who, even when our backs are up against the wall, nobody's pointing the finger when the bad stuff happens. And you know what? That couldn't be more spot on this year. You look at these guys, when you hear these guys talk, when you listen to them speak about the team, you clearly hear that resonating with the players and how they feel and what they believe and how they talk about the team and themselves. And they don't. It's not my fault. You know, it's, it's we're a team and this happened to all of us. And that's something you got to have. You have to have that. And that's one thing I've talked about a couple times with Josh Allen's persona where he's really taking the team and put him on his back and he's trying to lead these guys and it's, it's the team. It's not just him. You know, he's always trying to deflect the credit. He doesn't like to talk about himself a lot in that sense. Uh, and that's just like the mark of a true leader to me. It's not about, yeah, well, you know, I won this game. I did A, B, and C, and everybody else was just kind of surrounding me. It's like, no, we did this together. Like, we played well as a team. We executed everything to perfection. You know, we followed the plays accordingly. We had great play calling from Dayball, which, by the way, he's still doing a great job sitting up in the box, so please keep doing it. Don't ever come down to the field. No one wants to see you there. So, yeah, it's 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 really cool to see how the culture that they're building has really transitioned to players and how they moved a lot of players that didn't fit in that mold. You know, they got rid of Marcel Darius, got rid of um, – Ronald Darby got rid of LaShawn McCoy, and they've really kind of stripped the team down to guys that, and we've talked about this, that aren't necessarily A players. They're maybe B, B plus players, but they have made a successful winning team out of those guys because they each have their role and they work well together, and that has transitioned into wins and the team buying into each other. And you got to have that. I mean, that's just, that's a key thing to success. That's a key, that's a key thing to any success. And if you look at any 
company, any industry that's successful out there, you should see something very similar like that. You need to have people that complement each other well. You can't just have an entire list of A-plus players who can't function together. Exhibit A, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, what's he done this year? Nothing. Yeah, it's a train wreck in Cleveland. You know, they got all this talent, so much talent. Everyone said they were going to the Super Bowl this year, and they're, they're a dumpster fire. They are. They can't figure themselves out. You know, it's not what's the team's identity. It's what's wrong with that team. And I think it's because you have a lot of big personalities and they don't operate well together. I think that's one of the key parts. You know, you've got to look at the guys that you're bringing in and how they fit into your system. And it's the same thing when you hire somebody. Are they going to fit with the people that you're working with? Because at the end of the day, you want somebody that's going to be a team player that's going to help you out. Not the person that's going to be the one to take all the credit and have all the answers and just throw you under the bus constantly. No one wants to work with that person. No one wants that person around. I certainly don't. Pretty sure all of you wouldn't either. I'm sure you all probably know someone that's like that, quite frankly. I think every, everyone's worked with a person like that from time to time that, you know, wants to be the star, that wants to be the A-plus person that is willing to sacrifice everybody else for themselves. But with Alan, he's really, he's, he's shown a lot. And he actually talked about with the media his last game when he played the Patriots, and he said it's a little hard to watch, to be honest. Some ugly mistakes that I made early on, a couple of throws that I obviously wish I had back. And he knows this, you know, and he he's talked about it. And we've talked about it, how uh, he had the interceptions, and he talked about how he needed to fix the turnovers and work on some of those issues, and he has. I mean, that's that's beyond clearly evident at this point in the season. We're way past a small sample size. If we look at the season as a whole, he's killing it. He really is. He has progressed tremendously as a second-year player. I'm thrilled, honestly, because he's still young and he's still learning, and he is just, he's special, you know? He fits perfectly in playing in Buffalo, and he just, he's a good, he's a good person. He's a good quarterback. He's a good person. He's a good teammate. We all saw the clips uh, when the team came home from Pittsburgh the other night, 2.30 in the morning. You know, all the fans are out there meeting him at the airport, and, you know, he's out there taking selfies. You know, this is a guy who's not too big for his shoes. This is a guy who loves to embrace the community that embraces him. And that is something special because you don't see that much in today's day and age with professional athletes. And I don't feel like you see that with Josh Allen or this team, for that matter. And these guys love this. Now, they love coming home from the airport at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there's, you know, thousands of fans that are waiting for them. I mean, in, in Buffalo, in freezing cold. You know, we're not talking we're in Miami here, guys. It's freaking cold. It was like 10 degrees today. So, you know, that there's something to be said for that. And there's something for these guys that want to play here and that really love playing here and playing for the fans. And I think that's why it's always such a big community and all, so much love, you know, with the Bills Mafia between the team and the fans. It's just, you know, it's a special, it's a special thing to see because when you have a small market, it's such a different situation than... If you're a New York City team, I'm not even saying New York City. We don't have a New York City team. A New Jersey team, you know, who might have a bunch of fans in New York City or in New York potentially, but because there is only one New York team. But you don't see that a lot anymore. Um, you know, you've got teams that are pulling their fan bases out. San Diego. I mean, they they just picked up and moved. I love the Bills. You look at you guys love the Bills. I hope you love the Bills if you're listening to this. If not, you just like to hear me talk, and you love the sound of my voice, and that's fine too. You know, hey, I'm not going to complain if that's the case. Enjoy that you're listening. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a grinding game. It's a game that I'm okay with, though, because if it's a grinding game, like I've said before, I love this team. 
They know how to grind out a game. They know how to grind out a game and win. And this is one of those games I think that might happen. So if it does, and it comes down to that, I feel a lot more confident this team's going to do okay, and they're going to pull this off. I have one last thing I want to talk about with you guys. One, it's the holiday season. So first of all, to any of you listening, because I will not have an episode out before Sunday, if you are celebrating Hanukkah, have a happy Hanukkah. I hope you enjoy it with you and your loved ones. If it's Christmas that you're going to be celebrating, I am planning to have an episode out prior to Christmas. So this is not the Christmas episode, even though it's Twas the Night Before the Patriots game. This is not it. There will be another one before Christmas. So I'm not going to leave you hanging with that. But keep in mind, at this time of the year especially, just be kind. If there's anything I can leave you guys with today, be kind. You don't know people that you interact with, what's going on in their lives. And you could walk by somebody on the street and say hello, and that could make the biggest difference to them in the world. They may feel like they're nobody, no one cares. And by you just saying a simple hello or how you doing might change everything to them. And I know maybe that sounds cliche, but it's just one of those things I think sometimes people lose sight of. And it's a time of year where you got a lot of people, I think, that go through a lot of stuff in life. And just make sure you're being kind. You know, simple gesture. And I know you guys are. We're Bill's Mafia. You know, we take care of our own. We take care of others. That goes without saying. But I just want to remind you guys, you know, this is the time of year especially to, to just maybe be the extra nice. Pay it forward. You know, if you, if you have the ability to do it, try and pay it forward. I'm a big believer in karma. Um, and with that being said, if you guys haven't seen our Twitter page or have seen it out there right now, there is a GoFundMe going on for one of our followers and a follower of a lot of Bills players, a huge supporter on Twitter uh, at SoCal Bills Mafia. Amanda, as we all pretty much know her, has fallen on some pretty hard times. And right now there's a GoFundMe page out there that Adam started from Buffalo Fanatics. So thank you again for that, Adam. I uh, appreciate you getting that going. If you guys have the ability to, if you have the opportunity to, and you can, I ask that you please donate something, anything. Um, she's been a great supporter of Beware the Stampede since we started doing this. She's just a good person. She's super interactive. I'm sure most of you, in some capacity, have either seen her tweets, follow her, she follows you, have engaged her in some sort of conversation on Twitter, I'm sure. She's incredibly active. She's a great person. Just falling on some hard times. And we're trying to raise some money for her. Adam got this going. And I know we made our donation. Um, and anyone else that can, please do. You know, it's a time that we get an opportunity to take care of one of our own. And anything you can do would be helpful. So a couple ways you can do it. If you go to our um, Twitter page, you can find it. I'm actually going to um, get the link up on our website. It's probably not going to be tonight since it's now today. It's now 2.30 in the morning. So it's probably not going to happen this morning or at least till later. Um, but if you go to GoFundMe and you want to find it directly, it's a wonderful hashtag Bill's Mafia Life is what it's under. You know, this was actually started 11 hours ago, and there's already over $2,800 raised. Yeah, it's just awesome to see. So, again, the holiday time. If you can help, please do. You can pay it forward in any way. Do it. That's all I got for you guys at this point. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. But I just want to make sure I got this done and got this out there for you guys. So, again, thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate it. Um, going to be more stuff coming. Going to have another episode probably here out. I'm hoping to do it for Monday um, so you guys have something to listen to when you're traveling, if you're traveling on uh, Christmas Eve. Hopefully you don't have to travel too far. If you do, be safe whenever it is you're traveling this weekend. 
probably not going to talk to you guys for a couple days. And some of you may have off next week. I don't. I have Christmas Day off. That's it. That's all right. Get to spend it with family. So in the meantime, enjoy. Hopefully the Patriots game goes the way we want. If not, it doesn't matter. Remember, we're still in the playoffs. So let's look at the positives, okay? It's a good holiday season for us right now. We get to play into January. We get an extra game, at least one extra game in this year, which is awesome. So in the meantime, I hope you guys have a great night, great morning, great weekend. Enjoy the game. If you're going to the game, be loud, be proud, be Bills Mafia. Let's go Buffalo and beware the stampede.